I tell people all the time, you know, a pretty logo is not going to grow your business. And so everything that we do is really behind this like science. Um, and how can we, you know, get results for your business that's really going to grow your, your income. Hey there, you're listening to The Render Podcast, a podcast for creatives. I'm Cam, a visionary leader who has failed and thrived through small business leadership. After being in the events industry since 2010 and working with brands such as Nike, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Create and Cultivate, I became wildly passionate about education for small businesses. I teach others how to work with their dream clients the mistakes I've made along the way. I hope you leave here refreshed, engaged, and ready to take on your company, making the next right decision. to the Render Podcast. I am your host, Cam, and I'm so excited to be here having a conversation with Amanda all about how to do a high converting website that results in some results for you. Amanda, will you introduce yourself to our audience? I know that you are in Austin, Texas. We're in Dallas. And so um, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what has brought you to a place of knowing all about high converting websites. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so I uh, am the founder of Carrie Love Designs, which is a digital marketing agency. Um, we primarily work with service providers, um, you know, in the wedding industry. So event planners, photographers, uh, venues, um, anybody that, you know, services um, the, the wedding industry. And um, oh, man, how I got here. <laughs> A long story short, I originally went to college to start um, working at, I wanted to do something in like magazine layout, like working in Vogue or something like that. And then I took a branding class and I was like, oh yeah, this is what I want to do. Like forget the whole magazine thing. Like the branding is, is, is where it's at. Somewhere along the way that morphed into websites, so branding and that morphed into doing websites as well. And I guess I'm, I would call myself 50% creative and 50% analytical, like split right down the middle. And so as much as I really like doing the, the design side, I really like diving into strategy and getting people results. I tell people all the time, you know, a pretty logo is not going to grow your business. And so everything that we do is really behind this like science. Um, and how can we, you know, get results for your business that's really going to grow your, your income. I love that. I resonate a ton with the 50% creative, 50% analytical. I'm very similar. I always say that I'm an equal combination of my parents. My mom is highly creative. Every night for dinner, she typically has some sort of display on the table with either like a centerpiece or a runner or like something with a charger plate. And she just like goes all out because she loves it. And then my dad is very businessy. He's got that very business mind, contractual mind spreadsheets, things like that. And so I feel like I'm a 50-50 of both of that. So I totally get what you're saying there. Which is really helpful within the wedding industry because I think a lot of wedding people, they're very creative and they started a business just because they're like, oh, this is something fun that I could do. And then they're like, oh, people actually pay me. And somehow it turned into a business. And so uh, they don't really, you know, think with that business mind sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's really helpful to come in there and be like, okay, 
Like we let's get creative. I love getting creative, but let's also get strategic and, you know, grow this to, um, you know, dream bigger, basically. Yeah. And you mentioned something about um, branding and, and how you present yourself is not just about your logo. Sure, you can have a pretty logo and you can have those pretty accents, but it's so much more than that. That's kind of like the hook, the pretty logo or the pretty images. That's the hook. But how do you keep them there? How do you draw them in and want to actually reach out to you versus just saying like, oh, that's a pretty logo. Okay, cool. On to the next. Right. Yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, I think there's like a a 10 tab rule whenever somebody's looking to hire somebody, they have 10 tabs up of like people that do the same thing that you do. Mm -hmm. And um, at the end of the day, somebody can have, you know, the same, you know, editing style, the same pricing, um, the same, you know, similar portfolio what's going to make them choose you over somebody else is going to be your brand message and your, your brand strategy um, and how we can present that, you know, on the, the website, like you said, to you, you hook them, but how can we get them to stick around um, and want to work with you and, and, you know, pull out their credit card? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's so true. You think about any of the inquiries that you even get as a business, um, but same thing with mine as well. You know, we, I own a rental company and floral design company in Dallas, but I guarantee you anyone who's reaching out, they're also looking at two or three or even up to 10 other people just like us that have the same style. They have the same aesthetic, but what is it that makes them choose us over a competitor? Um, and it, it does have a lot to do with your brand messaging and who you are and your values and all of that. So I love that. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's where it starts at. Um, but the website is a huge piece to that, that puzzle. I think going back to how, how I said that a lot of, you know, wedding industry people, they, they start out and they're like, Oh, people will pay me to do this. And that becomes a business that their website becomes almost like a, like a portfolio, um, like an online gallery of their work instead of it being, you know, really crucial marketing piece that can find you cold traffic and leads and not just friends and family um, and can really grow your business beyond, you know, your, your local market. Yeah. Talk to me before we kind of get into the high converting website and what you need and keywords and all of that. Tell me a little bit more about why is it so important to actually have a website? I know that as a podcaster who has quite a few listeners and students that are part of our online course, I do have some of those who don't even have a website yet. They just have Instagram, they just have Facebook, or they have some sort of a social media channel that is driving their traffic. And while I believe that's super important to have there, why is it that a website is super necessary nowadays as well? We might think that social media is the way the book to book people and social media is, you know, the end all be all. But why is it so important to have an actual website and why that's not outdated? Yeah, there's a couple of different reasons. Uh, the first is if you are on social media, you know, Instagram, Facebook, wherever that may be. Um, you're, you're, you're building on borrowed ground. Um, your website is one of the only places on the the internet that you actually own and have, you know, ownership of. Um, and so I've seen, I've have seen this happen before, um, multiple times where, 
somebody wakes up one day, they go into Instagram and their account is gone. Like their account is locked. Somebody hacked it or it's, they violated terms and Instagram shut it down. And people freak out because they put so much time and energy into their Instagram that it has become uh, the heartbeat of their business basically. And, and that's a scary thought. If you don't have a website or an email list or both really, then how is somebody going to find you? How is somebody going to reach out to you? Or how are you going to continue getting leads if you are only, you know, focusing on, on social media? Um, so that's a really, that's a really scary thought. But the other one is on Instagram and Facebook, you know, it's going the way where you have to pay to play, where your mm-hmm. your posts are getting seen less and less. And the good thing about, you know, your website is SEO. You can do SEO work, you can get found in searches, and you can get found by what we call a cold audience. So people that um, are not within like a friend of a friend or friends and family, you can reach a, a wider uh, circle with your website, um, you know, people using Google search rather than um, social media. Yeah, totally. And I've, I know that I've witnessed Instagram going down for a day or something. I don't know when it was maybe two or three years ago where it was like a Wednesday. I only remember it was a Wednesday. Um, and Instagram was down for the day and we were like, oh my gosh, how are we going to get in touch with our people? How do we, how do they know that we're not gone? And that, you know, thankfully we had a website. We were able to just post to the website and get people coming in that way. But there's been plenty of podcast episodes that we've had about email marketing, but email marketing is super important as well. But the way you get them on your email list is through a website and an opt-in page for that. So um, we will put it in the show notes to go back to some email marketing um, episodes, but um, that all starts with your website. And so I totally agree. Having your marketing on borrowed ground on social media is very good, but it shouldn't be your only form of marketing. And it shouldn't be the only way that people know about your business. Yeah. And a lot of our clients before they come to us, that may be their number one way of, of getting leads is through social media. Um, and luckily they're aware and they're like, no, we want to get more, you know, organic leads through, through Google searches. Um, but that's definitely a lot, a lot of people, you know, they're very reliant on Instagram and that, that gives me heart palpitations thinking about (laughs) for them. (laughs) Yes, it's good, but it shouldn't be the only game plan. Right. Well, tell us a little bit more about, you know, having a website. Let's start with the very basics. Those who don't have a website yet, what are your suggestions of kind of where to start and how to get going on a website? And then maybe some of the steps like SEO and keywords and um, branding. How do we get to that point of a high converting website? Not just a website, but a high converting website. And really, what does high converting website even mean? Yeah, so a lot to unpack there. Um, high converting basically means there's a there's a difference between having a website that's doing no good for you, uh, that's basically just sitting there that you send people to, and it's basically like a freelancer's portfolio. Mm-hmm. High converting means that you are getting found in Google searches, or uh, people are coming to your website and they are actually booking you through your website. You're getting leads that way, um, and so that's that's what a high converting website means. And so 
Um, with that, I think for people who don't have a website right now are probably ones who are newer and just starting out. And so I recommend show it. You can go on there and get a lot of templates. Um, however, there's a lot that goes into website, what we call website strategy. So a lot of designers who design templates, they focus on that pretty aspect again. What we focus on is making sure that we're putting buttons in the right place, that we're hitting all of these different elements to make sure that we're not only creating a really pretty website, but one that is high converting. And so one of the first things I tell people is um, I want to make sure that your website can pass what we call the, the 10 second test. So and really, it should be called the the like two or three second test now. Um, but within 10 seconds of somebody landing on your website, they should be able to tell. And this is without scrolling. This is what we call above the fold. So as soon as somebody lands on your website without them having to touch the mouse, they should be able to tell what it is that you do, who it is you serve, and then how how do they buy from you? Like, what are the next steps? So let's say if you are a rental company in Dallas, without somebody touching the mouse, they should be able to clearly tell that you do rental uh, furniture for weddings, that you're located in, in Dallas, and this is the next step. So like view our inventory, book a call, uh, fill out a form, whatever that may be. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of the, the first step to a high converting website because you want to make sure that as soon as somebody lands on the website, they're either in the right place or they're not. Mm-hmm. And, and they're being pointed to a right place. And what you're talking about is a call to action. You want them to be able to do something, either keep scrolling, reach out, look at an inventory item. You want them to do something, not just hang around and then get diverted because we all know that our handy dandy phones right here, they're going to divert us. So we're going to get a notification. We're going to get a call. We're going to get a text message. So how can you hook them and keep them and, and, and take them to that next call to action, right? Yeah, yeah. You want to make sure that you're, like you said, you're hooking them. Um, and that's done, you know, partly through the photography and, and the, the branding itself. Um, but I think also what's very important that a lot of creatives overlook, and it's important on many different levels, is the actual copy on your website, like the actual words mm-hmm. that are written on your website. Um, and that's important for a couple different reasons. One is, um, you know, somebody who's looking to spend uh, a high dollar amount with you, or actually looking to invest with you, you, they're reading your website. Like they're actually reading the words. They're not just looking at the pretty pictures. Uh, but also it helps with SEO as well. Um, I see a lot of websites where they're only photos or they don't have a lot of text on there. And what Google does is they crawl your website and they read the words and they try to figure out, okay, what is this website about? What are they trying to rank for? Um, and whenever your website doesn't have a lot of content there, um, it's going to be nearly impossible for you to rank high in Google searches for that reason. And so that goes into keywords, right? So it's not just the text that's on there, but there's keywords that we need to be using for Google to search us, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, We try to weave keywords in um, seamlessly into the website design. So we'll kind of make them like decorative pieces um, as well as in the actual body copy. Uh, So on your website, you'll have what's called H1, H2, H3, and P. So that's for like title, subheading, um, header, and paragraph font. 
you want to make sure that whatever words you're trying to rank for, that you're kind of weaving them into all of the different um, sections because that will raise what's called your keyword density. So that's how many times that that keyword shows up on your your website. Um, And that goes for for blog posting as well. But I guess we'll get to that in a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you're saying things like, for example, our business. If we wanted to rank for Dallas event rentals, we should have that in the header, the subheader, the heading, and the paragraph to be able to rank. Is that right? It just gives you a better chance of ranking. Title is going to be the best uh, place for it. Um, But as many times as you can seamlessly plug it in, (laughs) the better. We don't repetitive. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Without it being repetitive or look like you're uh, what's doing what's called like keyword stuffing. If you've ever gone to the bottom of a website and you'll see they'll just have like a long list of words with like commas in between. Um, that's called keyword stuffing. It's very outdated. Um, Google is smarter than that. (laughs) Um, but they also, they'll ding you like negatively for trying to do that. So strategically, but not play the game to where you're trying to beat the system. Right. There's an art to it. There is definitely an art to it. (laughs) But another thing that you want to reach out or make sure that you're, you're doing is, um, there's a tool called Moz. Uh, .com and moz.com and you want to make sure that the keywords that you are trying to rank for are one actually getting searched for. So if you create a free account with Moz, um, you can you know look at different keywords and and it will tell you the volume of how much they're getting searched for each month. Um, it's does you no good if you're trying to rank for a keyword that nobody is searching for, but it will also right. tell you. Uh, how difficult it would be to rank for this keyword. And so we try to keep it below 70. I think we use a a paid program and we try to keep it around like 70% or below. Anything higher than 70% difficulty is going to be really, really difficult for you to get on the first page. And so those are the two things that you want to look at is are people actually searching for it? And are you going to actually make headway and, and make it to the first page on, on Google. Right. Because second, third, and fourth page of Google really don't matter in the long run. Second page is better than fourth page. But I know just as a user of Google, I'm not going to that second page. I know that I am looking for the first like half of the first page, if not the whole first page. And so that's super important, right? Yeah. No, I'm the same way. If, if you're on the, the second page, you're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> like there's so many on the, the first page that um, that's really where you want to get to. So making sure that that difficulty um, is low enough that you'll actually be able to, you know, have a possibility of ranking on the first page. And doing that comes through the copy on your page in the keywords that you're searching and putting in there. Yeah. Also, you have um, it's different depending on what uh, website application or what website builder you're using. Um, but you want to pay attention to your your uh, page title as well as your meta description. So whenever you go and you search Google, the page title is what pulls up in that top like bold portion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the meta description is that little paragraph that's like two or three lines underneath that. Those are huge in helping you rank for keywords, making sure that you're putting that keyword in your your title and also your meta description. And then also how you are 
uh, labeling your pictures as well. Being like IMG 5656, you want to name it. And you can rename those. Where do you rename those for those that are wanting to rename their pictures? You can actually rename them on your computer before you even upload them. Um, I know I'm, I'm on a, a Mac, and I think that if you highlight all of them and you, you can right-click and hit rename, um, and then rename them, you know, something relevant to the, the keyword that you're trying to rank for. Um, I know on Show It, it gives you a couple different options. Once you upload them, you can um, do the SEO title for the photo, and then you can also create a description for the photo as well, telling, um, you know, more about what the, the photo is about. We use Show It as well. We highly recommend Show It. <laughs> Same. <laughs> now, Show It, um, for those who don't know about Show It, Show It is kind of the makeup on your website. And to have really that really good SEO and blogging and um, all of that, you kind of need that WordPress backend. Is that right? Or is there a different way that people can just use Show It? Yeah. So this is this is a little bit tricky because show it is WordPress based. So if you know anything about WordPress, uh, show it becomes what's essentially called your theme. Um, and so even though you have a WordPress website and you blog like you would, you know, with the with that website, um, if you want to make edits or change the design of your blog or any portion of your website, you log into show it. Um, and so they're kind of having your website on show it and then blogging they're two separate things in the way that you go about ranking for SEO is not only different um in where you go to actually do the SEO but it's also different um in the the strategy that you're using as well right so when you were talking about keywords and the paragraphs and the headings and all of those, um, most of us are going to have that home page. And then we also have our about page and our contact page and maybe a portfolio page, maybe your inventory or whatever it is that you do, your services. So talk to uh-huh. me a little bit about the keywords that we're using, the copy that we're using on each of those page and where they kind of rank in that high converting website that we're talking about. Yeah, this is a really, this is one big misconception that people have about websites is they think that your website as a whole ranks for a keyword. And whenever the case is, is that different pages on your website can rank for different keywords. So if you are trying to rank for Dallas wedding rentals on your homepage, um, you can be trying to rank for a different keyword on your services page. Now, you only want to worry about SEO keywords on the pages that you would actually want to be found on. So your homepage, your about, your services. I wouldn't really worry about your contact page because you don't want people coming to your website and landing on the contact page. Um, so the SEO there is not really an important. Um, but that definitely is a big misconception that people have. And and that's one of the reasons why I the, it's not as popular as it used to be. But the single scrolling websites used to be really popular mm-hmm. where it would have the menu it was at the top. Like pancaked on top of each other, right? Yes. Um, that only gives you one page to rank for a keyword. Um, they're not as popular as they used to be, but that's why you want to make sure that you're separating out your pages. Um, and if you are, let's say, a photographer and you are a wedding photographer, but you also do like senior photography, you want to make sure that you're separating out those services on different pages for a couple different reasons. 
one, your ideal client is not going to be the same for a wedding as it would a senior photographer. Um, so you want to make sure that you're directing them and you're speaking directly to those clients. But also you'll have an easier time ranking for, you know, Dallas wedding photographer or senior, you know, portrait wedding or senior portrait, senior portrait photographer. If you are having both of those pages instead of competing with yourself, basically on one page. Right. Or hoping that, you know, your senior is seeing the senior part of that one page, not just the wedding. So they might discount you right. already and be like, oh, well, they're just a wedding photographer. So I don't need to reach out. I'll find somebody else. Back to that 10 tab <laughs> rule of how right. people up there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, okay. So tell me a little bit more about keywords. We've talked a little bit about SEO. We've talked about um, titles and copy and all of that. But I know just from looking on our uh, website that there is a section of keywords. And is that supposed to be the same things that we're putting in our copy, the same things that we're putting in our meta description? How do those differ and what can we be doing for that? Um, are you talking about on show it the last like box that's underneath meta description? Yes. And I think that's also on um, like Squarespace and Wix, I believe have those as well. If I remember correctly, a lot of places that have SEO kind of built into the platform have an area for keywords. Yeah, honestly, we don't even touch those parts. Whenever we're working on a client's website, um, they don't really do anything. There's not, um, it doesn't really hold a lot of value, I guess you could say, that we don't touch those. We mainly focus on the title of the, the page, the meta description, and then the actual content that is on the, the page. And then whenever you go on the blogging site as well, you'll have those where you can put in like the keywords. And that's for somebody who's searching your what like using the search bar on your website, uh, helping them like pull up the right blog posts. Um, so both of those, they don't, they don't hold a lot of uh, weight whenever it comes to actually ranking. Right. So you're saying the majority of our time that we're putting into our website should be focused on the copy, the title, and the meta descriptions. Yeah. Yeah. And then I lastly ranking would be the photos and how you're naming the photos. Okay. And the photos. Awesome. So when you're, you've talked a lot about the keywords and fi figuring out what you want to rank for, how does somebody who's listening to this episode, how do they figure out what words they should be or shouldn't be searching for? Or using. Yeah, so that's going back to that Moz. If you open up a free Moz account, um, you kind of can get a pretty good idea of like starting out like what words would you, you know, what would somebody be searching for inside of Google? And then going back to that volume, you want to make sure that you're searching for words that uh, people are actually, you know, searching for inside of Google. So making sure that the volume is, um, is high enough, but also that the, that the uh, difficulty is low enough. So high volume, low difficulty. Okay. So should they be searching location type of terms? the service that they're providing type of terms, like what specific words would you recommend someone putting in no matter where they live or where that, what they do? Yeah. So location, definitely. If you are servicing, um, you know, one specific location or area, um, you know, rather than virtually. Um, and you can also going back to using different pages to rank for different keywords, you can, um, use different locations as well. So some of our photographer clients, uh, they work in Dallas, Austin, Houston, they work in all these different markets. And so we have actually separated out those three services 
um, into their own pages. So then they can more efficiently rank for Austin wedding photographer, Dallas wedding photographer, Houston wedding photographer. Um, so that not only helps with SEO, but also the ideal client, somebody who has an Austin wedding is probably like outdoors. It's airy. It's bright, uh, versus somebody who's in Houston. It's usually like more hotel weddings, indoors, dramatic lighting. Um, and so we Mm -hmm. curate the pages for, for the client. Gotcha. And so you'd probably recommend doing the same thing. You were talking about the senior photographer versus the wedding photographer, or maybe someone does corporate events versus wedding events versus social events, having different pages that kind of speak to that clientele. Yeah, definitely. If you think about it, somebody, if you are an event planner, somebody who's planning a wedding um, has different pain points. They're looking for different things rather than somebody who's planning a corporate event. Um, And so you can hone in on the copy and the message and really, you know, sell it to them. Sell is not a dirty word. Like you can really, you know, make a sales page. It sounds like there's so many different options of how to really speak to your ideal client. So it sounds like their first step is figure out who is your ideal client? Who are you trying to service? Who is the one that ultimately ends up booking you and how do you want to attract them? And then secondly, having a Uh, not only pretty, but high converting website to hook them and keep them there. Um, It sounds like kind of the better things to focus on. Yeah. I say this all the time. Like it's crazy. Once you get into uh, branding, whenever people, whenever people say branding, they automatically think of a logo, but Mm -hmm. branding is so much more than that. And everything is so interconnected. Like you can't create website copy without knowing who your ideal client is. Um, web, you'd have to have a brand message. Your brand message goes hand in hand with your ideal client and that goes hand in hand with your brand design. So I like to think of it as a whole bunch of gears. Uh, so you have your branding, like your visual brand, your website copy, your website design, uh, SEO, like all these are different gears and you have to make sure that they are all lining up correctly so that whenever you go to market, you're essentially cranking, you know, and you want to make sure all those gears are turning because if one is out of place, then you're going to have a harder time and it's not going to be as effective. Right. It's going to be a little bit more stagnant. It's not, it's not working. I would imagine that tracking some of these analytics and tracking uh, maybe how your website is working, because we can, anyone can put up a brand message and some copy and a website and a logo in a matter of hours or days. But how do we know specifically if it's working? Like, do we need to look at Google Analytics? Do we need to look at something else? What are we supposed to be looking at to see, okay, is this working? Is it not working? Um, and, and kind of looking at that, I would imagine you know, the bounce rate. And I would imagine the time spent on your website. What are some of those things that we need to be looking at? Make sure our high converting website that we think we're putting out is actually doing what it's supposed to be doing. Honestly, the easiest way to figure out if this is working for you or not is on your contact form, having a, how did you hear about us? (laughs) Or who can we thank for sending you here? Something like that. Um, And seeing where people are coming from, where they're coming from, you know, word of mouth, Instagram, Google search, um, making that a mandatory question that somebody has to answer on your your contact form um, is the best way to see what's working. So then, you know, at the end of the year, you can look back through all of your your, um, inquiries and you can say, hey, 
you know, the majority of our, of our leads came in through Google search or whatever it may be. And so that way, heading into the next year, you can figure out where to focus more of your time and attention. Like what's lucrative. Does the time that people spend on your website or does um, kind of what pages are being visited more often, does that matter? Yeah. If you dive in, I mean, see, there's so much inside of Google <laughs> analytics. <laughs> um, one of the things that I like to look at is you can go to pages and you can see um, what pages are being exited on. So that means after they go to a certain page, where are they leaving? Like they're, they're exiting out of your website. And from there you can say, okay, do we need to, you know, look at the copy again? Um, is it the pricing? Is it the portfolio? Like why does this page in particular have a high exit rate? Why are people leaving whenever they see this page? And that's one of the one one of the the places that I like to to look at is see that and then, you know, narrow in on that page and see how you can make that page better. I know from looking at our Google Analytics. It's kind of like playing, um, like going and gambling a little bit. Like you, you put something out there and you hope that it performs well. If it doesn't, you might throw something else at it. You might move something around a little bit and you're constantly moving things around, tweaking things until you hit that sweet spot. You hit the spot where you're getting the inquiries, you're getting the bookings from the inquiries that are coming in. Cause that's, I think more important is that they're actually booking you. They're not feeling like you know, they're finding out about your business, they're liking your business, and then they get to the contract and they're like, whoa, 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 can't do this. And so there's so much that goes into this high converting website other than your social media strategy and the copy and the pretty pictures and your contract and your pricing and all these things. And so we're constantly having to um, kind of change things, look at them until we hit that spot where we feel like we're doing really good. And then guess what? Marketing changes all the time. We're probably going to have to tweak it a little bit more uh, six months from then or a year from then. Um, but what I hear you saying and what I know from past experience is you don't just put a website out there and leave it alone and, and hope it does good. We're not just throwing it right. out there and you know hoping. We're throwing it out there. We're looking at the analytics. We're constantly trying to figure out, hey, how is this working? And then tweaking things until 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 we need to. So moving that copy from one specific place to another, maybe moving it higher, maybe enlarging it, maybe changing the color, maybe understanding, you know, from a perspective of a client, because we know internally how we think about our website, but does our client also think the same thing? Yeah. Marketing is definitely, it's a science. Um, it's figuring out, it's it's testing and, and tweaking really just in, like you said, until you hit that sweet spot and you feel like, okay, now I'm getting the leads that I want or, you know, now that this feels good. It really is. It's a, it's a science and you just got to keep playing around with it because you can't just throw a website or do anything. You can't just blindly post on Instagram and not have a strategy behind it and think that you're going to have leads coming in whenever you're just posting just to post. Right, right. And the copy on your social media should reflect the copy on your website. So your captions and your bio and things like that should just be an extension of that website, an extension of your branding. Yeah, exactly. Cohesion, like making sure that everything is cohesive across your website to social media to um, like even in person events, how you show up, like the more cohesive that your brand can be, the stronger and more memorable, memorable it's going to be. Yeah, right. Exactly. 
Well, I think these are some really great things that our listeners can take back to their businesses and hopefully implement. Where can they find you if they want to work with you, if they want to follow you for more tips and things of that nature? Yeah. So my website is <laughs> Carrie Love, uh, Carrie as in the verb, uh, Carrie Love Designs with an S dot com. Um, and you can find us on Instagram as well at Carrie Love Designs. Um, those are the two places. And we'll put those in the show notes. So if you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify, scroll down to the show notes. You can click on their links there and go check out Amanda. Awesome. Well, thank awesome. you so much for, uh, for having me on here. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. It was a joy to talk to you. Bye.